If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Last Sunday, I shared my first interview that I ever had with the icon that is Suzanne Summers. Today, I share our second chat with Suzanne Summers. This chat covered it all, the past, present. She was so into pop culture. She knew just what was going on with the Kardashians and Beverly Hills Housewives. She was so smart, such an entrepreneur. We talked about her plans for maybe another Vegas residency. I could go on and on. What a great loss. I'm going to let this interview speak for itself. This chat was released in May of this year, just six months ago. Oh my gosh. Tomorrow is not promised. Life and time are so valuable. I hope you guys enjoy this. This is truly one of my favorite chats of all time. This should be highlighted. It is the best way that I know how to honor the life of Suzanne Summers. I am so honored to have sat down with her. I am so touched. It will never be lost on me. Enjoy this chat with Suzanne Summers. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined back by legend and icon, the one, the only, she's here again, Miss Suzanne Summers. Invited back. That's a good sign. Suzanne, I think I told you this the last time you were here. You can literally come here every day if you would like to. If Alan <laughs> will just give me an hour, half an hour, 15 minutes with you every day, you can come any day you want. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. Well, listen, you're an entrepreneur. I'll know, you know, we'll like work something out here. Yeah. The last time you were here, I mean, look, we we had a conversation. You talked about, you know, this idea you had for a Threes Company reboot with like a John Ritter hologram and Jason Ritter as the child of like, you know, Chrissy Snow and Jack Tripper. Like that went viral like that. Apparently it did. You and I apparently are not the only ones that think that that is a good idea. It went completely viral. I always thought because I always get asked, would you ever go back to television? I think I'd go back like that. I didn't finish that character, so, and it would be very interesting to bring John back as a hologram, but, but Jason is not interested. He's not interested. I just think, you know, you're going to start hearing, and I know the marketing optics of it we discussed last time are not the same, but I just think you're going to start hearing from actors that are all around that are saying, me, if Jason doesn't want it, <laughs> look, look in my direction. <laughs> That's a possibility. So tell him to bring it on. Let's bring it on. Listen, maybe one day he'll come around to it. But right. other things which have changed since you were here last, you know, you and Alan, you have sold the house where this this 28 acres where you guys have lived forever in Palm Springs. What prompted this? Like, why now? Why, why was now the right time to sell the house? Well, A, it was 93 acres and it took 12 people to take care of it. So let's start there. Oh, my God. I was 45 years. I mean, think about it. 45 years. I could not have used that house any better. I had the most incredible uh, parties. I, I remember 
I think, did I tell you about after 9-11 when I invited all those people? No. After 9-11, it was one of my significant birthdays and I wanted to give myself a birthday party, but I thought, oh, it feels a little soon. So I waited about a month and I sent out the invitations. I over-invited by 50% because I thought half the people are going to say no and they won't want to drive in from LA. Well, everybody said yes. And we're sitting... It, it, there was an amphitheater there. <laughs> Doesn't everybody have an amphitheater? And a dance floor and then a stage. And I had hired Jack Sheldon's band, the, the uh, band that used to be on the Merv Griffin show. And uh, Merv was there and a lot of my friends were there. And um, George Slaughter, who produced Latin, said to me, you know, Suzanne, you've got some of the greatest singers in the world sitting around this table. Why don't you get them up there to sing? And I said, oh, I don't want to like, ask my friends to work on their off days. He said, well, I will. Well, all of a sudden I looked up Merv Griffin's The Master of Ceremonies. The first singer is Keely Smith. Remember with Keely Smith and Louis Fremont, she sang The Old Black Magic. And then um, uh, Susan Anton got up and, you know, she's a highly underrated performer. She just kills it when she gets up there. And then Michael Feinstein did a set and then Robert Goulet got up and sang Man from La Mancha, a cappella, banging against the rocks. And I got up and sang, and I know there, oh, Jack Jones, and there were some others. And then the closer was Barry Manilow got up and sang Weekend in New England, Mandy, and then he ended with Copacabana. And my son is photographing this whole thing. He said, you could, you could have bought this party, Mom. I said, I know. It was everyone was so anxious to free themselves of 9-11. That's why they all came. That's why they all wanted to perform. I, I had many evenings like that in that house. But um, Alan's wanted to sell it for about 13 years, and I was the problem. And I would say when the realtors would come over, well, you know, it's an old house and things go wrong. And Alan would look at me like, it's crazy. But then um, last year, this old guy, I had shown it to Josh Flagg, you know, Million Dollar Listing, but he didn't sell it. Independent of him, this old guy comes on the property. And I mean, oh, 90 years old, 90 years old. Hundreds of stairs and, and um, it's a mountain. And he looks at two rooms and he said, this is where I want to spend the rest of my life. And I thought, okay, what's left of it? And he bought it. He said, what do you want? He bought it cash. And we had to be out in a month. You have no idea what it's like to move out of a house you've lived in for 45 years, especially when you didn't ever really think you were gonna leave. I, I thought I'd never leave, but I'm not in my own house right now. I'm in a rental because I have a new one we're building that will be finished in August. And, um, and also I fell on those hundreds of stairs. I fell uh, waiting for Alan at the top of our bedroom stairs and there are 50 stairs from the bedroom to the kitchen. And I was standing there waiting for him. He came, he grabbed my hand and he uncharacteristically slipped on a boulder, pulled me down on top of him. He didn't get hurt, but I broke my neck, my spine, my hip and cracked my teeth. So it's been a long year um, recovering from all that. It was time, you know, we lived, we, we did it. We did it right. It was time to leave there. Do you miss it at all? I mean, you know, like more than you thought or less? You would think I would, and I don't. Uh, I think 
I grew weary of how much care that house took. I do miss, we had a herd of bighorn sheep that would come to our bedroom window in the morning and look in. And uh, the day that we moved out for good, I went out the back door of our bedroom and the sheep were out there and they came over to us and they stared at us and we stared at them and they stared at us. And I realized they know we're leaving and they came to say goodbye. It was very sad and we're, when I think of them, I get very emotional. But where, we, where we're moving to, well, we have bighorn sheep, so they'll come back. In fact, the house that we're moving to, the previous owner had left a sculpture at the end of a promontory point of a shepherd and a donkey made of cement and they were you know, uh, cemented into the ground. Well, a bighorn sheep came down the hill and saw the donkey. Uh, the workmen who were there videoed this and went, oh, hello. <laughs> and the bighorn sheep tried to have his way with her, but being made of cement, she wasn't too receptive. And he ended up knocking her over and killing her. <laughs> oh my God. See, like, at least you're going to have the sheep though again in like your new house. Yeah, yeah. And I love them. And I, they're, they're, they're interesting. You know what? Whenever I... Uh, encounter an animal I always lower my head so they know I'm not a predator and that I'm not a threat and I always did that with the sheep when I come out the back on you know on a regular basis I'd see them and I'd lower my head they kind of look up like oh okay all right and um, we became friends so yeah I miss them but I don't miss the house listen at least you miss the sheep but I yeah. saw speaking of houses I saw I mean you had another viral moment ago you and Courtney Cox playing a little threes company music <laughs> <laughs> using the thigh master, of course, Suzanne, because we have good product placement, like cooking the turkey burgers. Yeah. Tell, tell me about that, because that was just so wonderful. Even though it was like a small little video, I'm like, this is all we need. This is so iconic. It was Courtney's idea. I go to her house on weekends often. I really, really like her. She's a great girl and she has interesting friends. And uh, she said, come on for dinner Friday night. I like to cook dinner for my friends. So we went over there. And um, she said, bring a thigh master. So I brought my thigh master. And she said, I have one too. And, that's, and then this was all her idea. And it took a minute and it was fun. And we were laughing and I was drinking tequila and woohoo. And so it went viral. <laughs> What's the best thing about being friends with Courtney Cox? She looks like she would be fun to be friends with. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
it's still warm enough in the Northeast to run outside, even though it's November. So I was running outside the other morning and there wasn't any clouds in the sky. Then out of nowhere, it started raining. And then there was a torrential downpour and I came home soaked from head to almost toe. True story, guys. But my feet were actually dry because I had on my Vessies. Vessies are 100% waterproof shoes. Rain, snow, slush, even mud, your feet and socks will stay completely dry. It's not just that they're waterproof. They are so freaking comfortable. I seriously never want to take them off. Vessies look so good. You don't just have to wear them in the rain or out. I mean, I actually wear them with regular everyday outfits when I go out at night. And now if it rains, all I need is an umbrella. My shoes and feet stay completely dry thanks to Vessi. So what are you waiting for? Replace your unsightly rain boots with a pair of everyday knit sneakers that look amazing, feel great, and still offer complete weather protection for your feet. So head to Vessi.com slash velvet and get yourself a pair today. Just go to Vessi.com slash velvet. That's V-E-S-S-I.com and get 15% off your first order. Everyone's been asking me why I'm in such a good mood lately. And that got me to thinking, and I think the answer really is because I haven't been sick or dizzy from motion sickness in a really long time. And that's because of Relief Band. I've had Relief Band forever, but I used to forget it or leave it at home all the time. No more. Relief Band goes everywhere I go. When it comes to nausea, you have to have Relief Band. Honestly, it's the number one anti-nausea wristband that quickly relieves and effectively prevents nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, which I have, anxiety, migraines, hangovers. It's a hundred percent drug-free, non-drowsy, and has zero side effects. Now when I'm in an Uber and there's that stop and go traffic, I'm like, keep it up, buddy. I don't care because I have on my relief band. And what I love best about relief band, you don't have to over plan for nausea relief or dose up six hours before a trip. Just bring your relief band and you're good to go. Right now, we've got an exclusive offer just for Behind the Velvet Rope listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code VELVET, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping. So head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use promo code VELVET for 20% off plus free shipping. She's uncomplicated. You know what I mean? There's no ego with her. Uh, you When you walk in her house... Uh, which I think she has the nicest house in Malibu. Um, There's no sense of, you know, she thinks she's special. She's just normal and she cooks and sometimes she forgets to come out and say hello when you arrive because she's always got so many people there. She hangs out with Jason Bateman and uh, Jennifer Aniston and uh, Lisa Kudrow and, um, uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston's assistant is Amanda Anka, and Amanda Anka is Paul Anka's daughter. And Paul Anka and I are real good friends. We worked together a lot in the '80s, and so it was all—it's all kind of a weird family thing. Who's a better cook, Courtney Cox or Jennifer Aniston? Well, I've never eaten Jennifer's food, but um, Courtney's real good. Nobody's as good as me. <laughs> I was at one point in my life going to be a chef. And so I just really understand food. And um, uh, so I haven't, yeah, I have cooked for Courtney, come to think of it. Anyway, Jennifer's great. They're all great. I love it. It's like a really fun, uh, it's mainly Sunday. She has Sunday lunches that spread into dinner. And uh, the food flows and the booze flows. And it's just real nice. And the ocean is there. It sounds like fun. 
Well, the last time you were here, you also mentioned that you just sent a thigh master to Khloe Kardashian and you said you were going to send a butt master to Kim Kardashian. So have you gotten around to sending that to Kim? Thank you for reminding me, Alan. We, we have to send the buttmaster to Kim. Oh God, she will love it. Who would who who's a better fit for the buttmaster than Kim? Thank you for reminding me. But Chloe loves it, and um, you know it's interesting. I don't even think in terms of sales, but every time we mention Thighmaster, we we like the sales skyrocket. So Kim Kardashian with the buttmaster. I'm going to do that as soon as we. Uh, hang up here. <laughs> when you told me that, I'm like, yes. I mean, you cannot think of another person walking no. around the face of this earth that this no. is why this is why you are one of the most successful entrepreneurs because there's nobody yeah. to send that to other than Kim Kardashian, period. Oh, it's yes. so perfect. Thank you for reminding me. Alan, can you grab me a butt master here? <laughs> <laughs> you don't I'll even have to. You don't even have to give me any percent of the sales. Just, you know, <laughs> go out, have another tequila, enjoy. How about a butt master? I'll take a bot master. Okay. All right. Oh, wow. That is the bot master. You wonder how you live without your bot master. Um, Kim likes to have, you know, someone on her arm that she cares about. And I would think that uh, I have a big sense of her. I admire the Kardashians. They took what they had and turned it into one of them's a billionaire. I don't know which one. Is it Chloe? Well, Kylie, but Kim is now a billionaire also. She's officially wow. a billionaire now. Wow. And yep. she's got a law degree. I mean, they're, they're interesting. And they took a step back and looked at themselves and said, we're all fabulous looking. We've all got great figures. We've got a mother who's got an unbelievable business mind. And let's, let's do it. Because when you watch their new show, which I really enjoy, I've only seen it once. We have a hard time getting Hulu in our house here. Um, it's about clothes, makeup, and, um, great photography and hair, uh, not a lot of substance. And that I don't think they want to have substance. They talk about what makeup they have on and what clothes they're wearing and what hair they're wearing today. And, uh, it's riveting, riveting. It's odd television, but it's beautifully shot. And they have a place down here in La Quinta where it's just a wow show show place so you know that's like Paris Hilton Paris Hilton by the time yeah she's an heiress but by the time it trickles down from Baron Hilton to uh, all those grandchildren first the layer of children and then grandchildren there's not a lot left she took what she had which was just yeah I'm an heiress and she uh created Paris Hilton and she now makes a million dollars a night uh, uh, DJing who thought of that I mean that's what she thought and she she keeps us intrigued by her beautiful makeup and her beautiful hair in this era of social media where people are just staring at the screen all the time if you can make yourself that beautiful you can make something a business of it and that's what she's done and successfully. So those are two people that you wouldn't think I admire. I admire greatly all of them. What do you think is quote unquote odd about Kim Kardashian, as you say? Well, that she took her rear end and made it her, uh, uh, made her iconic. Um, I don't know if she always had a rear end that big and that shapey and it's really curvy, 
but you can't not look at it. And um, uh, that's odd to make your butt your, your, your big feature. Most women hate their butt. She loves her butt. And I now, I was looking online yesterday. Do you know you can buy a butt like that? Oh you yeah. You can pull it on like a pair of pants. <laughs> That's when you talk about iconic. I mean, people are, I mean, she, in a way, I think like changed women's bodies. Like people are going, totally. they request this type of butt and it never was a thing before ever. Never, never. So she did that. And, um, and then her makeup is so flawless and so perfect. And women love to look at great makeup. I love that you watch the new show on Hulu too. That's where it's like to have such a successful show on E and then transfer it to Hulu, redo yeah. it. It feels different, but it's still great. It's like, that's when you know, this isn't just a fluke. I mean, it's like yeah. 20 plus seasons at this point. I think it's even better than the other show because they're so polished and um, like, and things you wouldn't think that we'd care about, but they showed Chris uh, uh, Jenner's uh, China cabinet. And it looks like the greatest store ever. And then where her crystal is, again, it looks like, you know, there's a, a store that sells crystal in Beverly Hills called Geary's. So um, they're taking the ordinary every day and making it extraordinary. It's true. Well, speaking of reality shows, you know, after your move, which we did see a little bit on Million Dollar Listing with Josh, I know you ultimately didn't go with him, this person, but there was a lot of buzz about you. By the, by the way, on, on Josh, I did pay him a commission. He's really lucky because we had signed up with him, but this guy came on his own, but we, we paid him off. So go on. He is lucky. And we saw a little bit of that on the show too. So, I mean, see, you're so nice, Suzanne, but- <laughs> You know, there was a lot of buzz after, you know, you guys sold the house, like that you and Alan might be getting your own reality show. And like, there was a lot of talk about that. Like, what's can, anything you can share with us on that? Any updates? I, I think that's about to be announced. Um, and in our new house, which is still being built, but we should have it by August. We have a studio that is mobile. So if I want to go to the kitchen, we move the studio to the kitchen. If I want to go to the bar we move it to the bar. If I want to go outside, we can move it outside. So that'll be a delicious eye candy. And the new house is uh, so photographable. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. Is the new house like a totally different style? Like, did you go Perfect. ultra modern? Would you go just totally modern? My, my house of 45 years was like walking into the South of France. I bought every piece of furniture in the house. Um, it, when I was in the South of France, beautiful antiques, but the guy who bought the house is French, has a great art collection and wanted the furniture too. And I said, I'm going to start all over again. Yeah, take the furniture. He has an art collection like Chagall and Picasso kind of art. And um, so I walked away from the house with my, a few of my favorite things and my clothes and um, memorabilia, but I'm starting a whole new chapter. I think life is about chapters. And um, we're going to go with the flow on this one. It's a lot of white uh, uh, floor to ceiling uh, windows that are 18 feet high, a billion dollar view. It's a whole different experience. It kind of looks like a glamorous, fabulous Vegas hotel. That's perfect for you. I know. I'm not in Vegas. So maybe I won't have to go to Vegas and work. I'll just give shows in my yard. <laughs> I was just going to say, you could do like a mini residency in, in your backyard. Yeah. Right. Right. 
Would, I love. I have loved all my years in Vegas. We had a house there for many, many years of an adobe ranch. We built out, I think, like 25 miles outside of Vegas. I could see Vegas in the distance at night. And we had chickens and ducks and, and five guest rooms and a pool and a pond. And we built it. And uh, that's what we do. We build houses. And then uh, it, made, it made working in Vegas every night so nice. I'd, I'd have the serene life where I'd grow vegetables and get eggs from the hen house and uh, cook for us. And then around five o'clock, I'd crazy up my hair, put on my makeup. We drive into town and I'd go in the back door of the Las Vegas Hilton Hotel and do two, two hour shows every night. That was, that was when I started the Moulin Rouge. And then after that, I was, you know, doing a solo act in different hotels. I, I love it. I love I love walking out on stage. I love when people come back stage to my dressing room after and they say the following. I felt like you were talking just to me because that's my goal when I'm out there to connect with that audience in a way that they feel it's really, I'm just talking to them. And um, I've worked really hard on perfecting that craft and I really, really love it. And I have a great band and um, I look forward to going back to Vegas. I've been so honest with you guys over the past year about my struggle with my weight. And I'll admit it, for me, eating is an emotional experience. When I get stressed out and whatever with this job, I turn to food for comfort. And that's why when I heard of Noom, it made so much sense to me because Noom helps manage weight through a psychology-based approach. They understand that a lot of us eat for emotional needs. So many weight loss programs that I tried focused on what I ate, but Noom is using science to help me understand why I eat. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Noom's psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part, you decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. How awesome is that? Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Is anyone out there trying to hire for their business on their own? I remember those days that it was like pulling teeth. But listen, I am here to tell you I can take all that pain away. And the only thing you need is Indeed. Indeed has changed my life and has made hiring for this podcast so much easier. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. I no longer spend hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills. Indeed has streamlined the process for me through powerful hiring tools and has matched me with qualified candidates. I've hired editors, proofreaders, PR, marketing, ad salespeople, all for this podcast using Indeed. So join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash velvet. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash velvet. Just go to Indeed.com slash velvet and support Support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash velvet. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I can't wait until you're back in Vegas because I will be there. I can tell you that okay. much. And I'll okay. be bringing a whole bunch of my gays with me. So there you go. Uh, those are my favorite audiences. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, that's a lot of your audience anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And you they, think you're. Gays still 
um, have uh, Chrissy Snow night in the bars down here where they all dress up as Chrissy Snow. And in the gay parade, I can't tell you how many times I've seen dresses that are made of thigh masters. <laughs> Do you, I mean, that is a great idea for a dress. Do you ever think like, you know, if you weren't just fired from Three's Company, like how different your life would be? Probably not as good. Because if I wasn't fired, I was really successful in, in um, uh, sitcoms and I probably would have gone on to do sitcom after sitcom after sitcom. This way I had to reinvent myself over and over again. And when I went on the road, um, I, I had nothing to do during the day other than watch soap operas, which I wasn't going to do. And that's when I started writing books. So as of today, I've written 27 books. So it was real good. I, I went on the lecture circuit because of the material inside my book. I, um, I, I You just kind of go with the flow. I started doing these um, uh, Facebook live shows and uh, I heard the same thing over and over and over and over again. My gut, my gut, my gut, I'm constipated, I'm bloated. And I'd written a book called Toxic and I knew what was wrong with them. And so we created this product called Gut Renew, which is probably in sales on a par with Thymaster. We order it, it's this, we order it by the ton, 70 tons at a time, not wow. a ton, 70 tons at a time. And it's kind of like when, when you have gut problems, it's kind of a simple explanation. When you're eating food that isn't organic and when you're breathing in chemicals and when you put chemicals on your skin, those chemicals get in your GI tract. They eat holes through your barrier wall, causing leaky gut. You've heard of that. Leaky gut, then the chemicals go on a rampage through your body and they attack your precious organs and glands. And the one they want the most is the brain. So they make their way up to the brain. This gut renew, for lack of a better example, works kind of like spackle. And it has all, all the stuff you haven't eaten today, marshmallow root and Jerusalem artichoke and all this stuff. And it supports that wall by sealing those leaks. And people, the reason they're so addicted to it is because they start seeing results in like a week or two. And they're in it, it tastes great. So we have a gut renew smoothie pretty much every morning. And a lot of times in the afternoon, I have it made with coffee just because why not? Tastes good, feel good, gets rid of gut problems. And there are a lot of people, I mean, you know, how it translated into sales, I'm sure. But like, there are a lot of people last time that left comments on like YouTube and in my DMs that they either heard of this or a lot of people were like, I'm going to go try this now. So. Oh, thank you. I forgot we mentioned it last time, but. We did. Uh, it, it's really, really uh, uh, popular product. So hopefully. So as an entrepreneur, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you keep throwing things against the wall, hoping something will stick. So this stuck, thigh master stuck, uh, butt master stuck, but not as stuck as the thigh master. And I, I have over a thousand uh, organic products and there are people who won't use anything else. I don't blame them. Is there ever a product of yours that, you know, we may not know about that didn't see the light of day? Just like you said, like as an entrepreneur, you know, yeah. you, look, you have a bad yeah. idea every now and then. Yeah. Yes, I do. And I'm now I'm trying to think of what they are. And I can't remember the names because if they didn't fly, I kind of moved on to the next thing. What we do, like, like 
you know, if you don't like your, your outer thighs, you come up with a solution. If you don't like your inner thighs, you get a thigh master and come up with a solution. If your gut's bothering you, you get, make gut renew and come up with a solution. I even have a very popular product called the Face Master, which gives you a non-surgical facelift. And so I feel like uh, I've been able to keep my face taut without surgery and it looks more natural. Wow. Yes. I'm going to have to sign up for one of those. Yeah. I mean, and you're in the right, you know, Beverly Hills, you know, Malibu, yeah. you're right there, Palm Springs. Right. Would you ever do, you know, like you look at, like you talk about reality shows, like Shark Tank is so successful. Like you are, you know, would you ever do, I mean, you have your new reality show hopefully coming out, but would you ever be like a guest judge on Shark Tank? Like they've had Alex Rodriguez, Bethany Frankel. I could see Suzanne Summers on Shark Tank. Maybe. Um, it's like that generally. I usually am a one man band, but we could probably figure out something for me. <laughs> or you, could you know, just... I was originally, yeah. I was going to say, or you could just start your own Shark Tank, but go on. I was originally asked to be on the original view with uh, Barbara Walters and whoever else. And um, I turned it down and everyone said, why would you turn that down? It's a national show. I said, uh, first of all, I'd have to live in New York. I don't really want to live in New York. I'm, I like the weather down here and I like the vibe down here. I said, but secondly, I don't do well vying for time. And the you, you got to interrupt and butt in and butt out. And, and it's just not my personality. So um, I walked away from that and I've never looked back. I do not think I knew that about you. So like the original, original view, like Barbara Walters original, wanted original. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to do it. And you would have to fight, you know, like you'd have to argue. You'd have to have a strong point of view and interrupt people and tell them why they're wrong. I, I have a, a specific points of view. Like I was at a dinner party not too long ago. I was sitting next to somebody very wealthy and very rich. Well, that's wealthy, isn't it? And very well-known. And uh, so he, he started talking about, um, there was another person at the, uh, on the other side of him started talking about, tell me about bioidentical hormones. And this guy says, oh, they're crap. I said, excuse me? And um, we started, I was going to take him on because if you knew who it was, it's just way, way, way too famous and too wealthy and powerful. Um, but I, he said, I said, um, you know, years ago, uh, the Carnegie's and the Rockefeller's, which were the two richest families in the world uh, and owned pharmaceutical companies, hired a guy by the name of Abraham Flexner to go around to the institutes of higher learning, like um, Johns Hopkins, uh, First Presbyterian, et cetera, and to offer funding in perpetuity if they would only teach allopathic medicine. Allopathic is, here's my problem doctor, and the doctor says, okay, here's your drug. Um, bioidentical hormones aren't a drug, and so we were, we were uh, this is one of the arena he works in, and we are kind of butting heads and I said, you know, with all due respect, you're now in my territory. I've written 27 books. Most of them are about this subject. And I'm going to tell you, you are wrong. And, and he said, the Rockefellers don't own pharmaceutical companies. I said, you are wrong again. And he said, bioidentical hormones are crap. I said, you are wrong again. It replicates nature. It puts back what you've lost in the aging process. And to his credit, at the end of the evening, he came over to me, he said, I actually agree with most everything you said. It's very scientific. And I thought, well, that, that took a big man to say that. 
But if you get into my arena, I am very argumentative without having to win. I just was going to let my point of view uh, be known. And I realized I convinced him. And that's why he was so conciliatory at the end. See, you would have been perfect on the view. But to your point, I mean, you are a successful entrepreneur on your own. It would almost be maybe like a step back. Yeah, the, the view is not the, wasn't the place for me then. It's not the place for me now. I, I love when I've got somebody interesting to interview, to sit back and listen. You know, I really like to listen. And that's, that's how I write my books. I use my celebrity to get to the best and brightest minds. I call them up. I cold call them often. I called a guy by the name of Ray Kurzweil. He's a famed futurist at MIT. I thought, how do I get a hold of Ray Kurzweil? So I called MIT and I said, Ray Kurzweil, please. And they shunted me around. Finally, I get to his office. Ray Kurzweil, please. Yes, who's calling? Suzanne Summers. Do you have an appointment with him? No. Well, why do you want to talk to him? I said, tell him I'd like to speak to him about being one of the most fascinating men on the planet. Hi, Suzanne. (laughs) He gets on. And I became very good friends with him because when I interview these doctors, scientists, and professionals, I listen and I give them uh, approval over their pieces in my book. So I've never been challenged by any of my interviewers, and I've never uh, been called uh, out by, you know, the FDA or anything, uh, because I have every word in my books gone over by the scientific advisory, advisory board of doctors, scientists, and professionals. They vet every, every word. And if it's not right, we take it out. And so I've, I've been educated. I didn't go to college and I have been educated by all these people that I've interviewed and It's so exciting. I think of what I want to learn next. And then I put together the the list of of interviewees that I've been keeping. I've got a folder in my uh, computer. And um, then I start calling them. And I've not been turned down yet because I treat them right. And then my, my constituency, who knows I have their back. There's so many women whose lives have been improved by bioidentical hormones. They want to buy the books because they want to know what I learned this time. So it's, it's been kind of great. Had, this goes all the way back to you asking me would I if I had not been fired. I believe I didn't like being fired. Who does? And I still think it was wrong. But um, the universe had bigger plans for me. And I needed Three's Company to become that iconic character so that it endures to this day. If I'm on a plane or a train or wherever I've been going, there's never a, a, a time when someone doesn't come up. I always watch when you're on the uh, reruns. I never watched it when the other girls were on. And it's because they broke up the chemistry by firing me and the chemistry was so great. But because I was fired, I got such notoriety that it endures today. And I'm, I'm the only one still working. And I, my only complaint is that I work too much. Yes, I agree with all of that. Do you, to your point, all these people do watch when you come on, whenever your episodes come on, I keep it on the TV when I'm, do you watch your own self? Like if you were in a hotel or somewhere like, and you came on, like, do you watch yourself or do you not want to watch those old episodes? If they, come I on? love her. I love her. I, I can anticipate what she's going to do next because it was a thought process. 
when I got the part of a dumb blonde, I would have taken the part of a monkey because it was my first job. But um, I thought, gosh, dumb blondes are so unlikable. How do I create a dumb blonde that is likable and lovable? And I gave her an imaginary moral code, what she would do, what she wouldn't do, what she would say, what she wouldn't say. It was so full that on show nights, it didn't take long before the audience started laughing at what Chrissy was going to say before she said it, which means they're in her mindset. And that is the most satisfying thing as a comedian to, I could bring my shoulders up and do my eyes like this and do my hands like this. And they could almost anticipate what I was going to say next. And God, that was fun. So that was the thing I didn't like about uh, being fired. I didn't finish Chrissy Snow. So when you say, would you like to do another series? I would like to finish her. I don't even know what that means. I'd have to find the, the great writers again. But anyway, there's, there's a lot ahead that I haven't done that I want to do. And would you do Chrissy Snow? Like if this, I mean, you know, Jason doesn't want to do it in that incarnation with a hologram, like you would consider some other incarnation? Maybe it'd have to really be right. Jason is perfect because he's the actual son and he's going to look like him and he's going to sound like him. But I, I understand he just doesn't want to be John Ritter's son. He wants to be independently known as Jason Ritter. But I think that it, in, in, as a marketer, I, I think take what you can get. You know, John, being John Ritter's son is kind of a great thing. And he was taken from us way too early. You could become beloved as Jason Ritter. But anyway, those are my thoughts. I would agree with you. And, you know, you are Suzanne Summers, and you understand like all these people you just mentioned, you know, you pick up the phone, they take your call, maybe yeah. they don't at first. You don't seem to take no for an answer, you know, as far as where <laughs> I'm considering. So, you know, maybe if we just put it out there and you keep trying, I, I agree, maybe one day he'll come around. Maybe, maybe. Maybe now I want to do it in Palm Springs. <laughs> so I don't have to go to LA. <laughs> well, it's that's fine too. I think that can be arranged. Yeah, yeah. What about like, I know, you know, we talked last time and you've talked a lot in the media, like about your sex life with your husband, Alan. And like, you know, the media really embraces that they love hearing about it why do you think you look at like i just think of an example like madonna who okay she's younger she's not that much younger she's in her 60s she gets completely body shamed and shamed for being like you know overly sexual on her on her instagram why do you think well in the media is obsessed with both of your sex lives but why do you think there's such a suzanne summers is embraced and then we have madonna who's only like 10 years ish younger where she's just chastised for acting a certain way because the books I write, that's the reason I ever started talking about it, is that aging is about worn out parts. And so the new way to age is to, through lab work, determine your deficiencies. We lose hormones, so they need replacing. We lose nutrients, so that needs replacing. And we lose minerals, and that needs replacing. It's all trackable by lab work. So when I put my hormones back, whoa whoa, it was like, because um, you put, you don't put them back for your age, you put them back to optimum. And um, I was looking at Alan with a glint in my eye. I've now given him a rule though, because he's an animal. Uh, I get it every other day, not every day. So that's a, that's a cutback, right? That's a cutback. Yeah. Yeah. I said, you know, because he's on hormones too. I said, every other day is great. He's, he doesn't abide by it. 
I was just going to say, does he abide by this? And is that okay with him? I mean, at one point you said it was three times a day, twice, once, and is he okay with once every other day? Well, because sometimes it's twice in a day. And so I go, we did it twice yesterday. (laughs) I, you know, how beautiful and delicious to be desired. And so I give him his rules and then he breaks them and I like it. So there you go. Do people, I mean, how does your, you know, cause look, we all look at like our parents, like, you know, people, you know, it's different when it's your own family. So I know, you know, like you posted a picture with your granddaughter, which also went viral, who's I know in the business, like, how does your family react? Like, are they like, oh, mom, grandma, please. Like, I don't want to hear this. Or are they like, you go girl. No, the grandchildren laugh. My son says, you know, when you're a teenager and your mother is a sex symbol, it's a bit challenging. Um, uh, no kids like their parents talking about their sex life, but deep down, they all are emulating our relationship. They all want to have what we have. And that's what happens with my Facebook live shows. It's so much about the relationship I have with Alan and he's a rascal and he's, he's irreverent. And he says things that I can make, he's behind the camera and I'm going, oh God, oh my God but it's entertaining and they love that we love each other so much. And if sex is a part of that, great. Do you have friends? Like, I mean, no pun intended with friends, but like you think of, like you mentioned Jennifer Aniston, like you have a lot of single friends. I mean, yeah. Like how great to like really be in love. Like when you say, I think you've said before, like you and Alan spend every minute, like you just can't get enough of each other. That is so hard. Now let's factor in Hollywood. Like, do you have like the Jennifer Aniston's and just people coming to you of like, fix us up. What's your secret. You must be giving out advice left and right. Well, the way I became friends with all of them is through hormones. My books were so popular. And I was at a restaurant at, um, uh, in Santa Monica a number of years ago. And they were at the next table. And they go, you got to tell us. You got to tell us what it is. So I, I love teaching my friends about the joys of hormonal balance. And uh, it, give, it, it gives you back to you. You know, when a woman reaches an age where she's lost her sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, she can't feel sex. And so when you put the hormones back in their real hormones, not synthetic, um, you get that old feeling back. And um, I always say a a healthy person is a sexual person. What's the last thing you feel like doing when you're not healthy? So uh, although when, when I had a broken neck, broken spine, and broken hip and broken teeth, Alan still found a way. <laughs> you lift one leg over here. <laughs> I, you know, yesterday we were, uh, we drove up to the mountains and this song came on. It's our song. Do you remember Bobby Darren? Yeah. He died very young, so you may not remember him, but man, did he swing. I thought he, he was the greatest out there, but he sang this song um, forget who the arranger is. Do you remember who the arranger of that of that song is, Alan? Are you even listening to me? Uh, Billy May. Billy May. I don't know if you know the work of Billy. Billy May did so yeah. many of the arrangements for Sinatra and all of the great swing artists. Well, anyway, uh, Bobby Darren did this song called "A Nightingale Sang in Barclay Square." And if you ever hear it, the beat is so great, and no matter where we are. 
we just stop and dance and we dance great together. And um, yesterday on the road up in the mountains, I so wanted to say to Alan, stop the car, let's just go off into the shoulder and turn the music up real loud and, and dance to this um, song. Music can do that to you, you know, and um, if you get a chance, look it up and listen to it. You'll yeah. see what I mean. Uh, uh, having sung with big bands a lot in my life, there are horn, horn licks in that arrangement that just turn me on. I'll have to look it up. Have you given any advice to your granddaughter, like on the business? You know, it's a tough business. Like, does she come to you for advice just from a business point of view? I mean... Uh, she, they, they learn from us by watching us. You learn best, like Alanon says, by uh, wanting to have what the others have. They want what we have. They want to find this great love. They want to make money. They want to be in a successful, glamorous business. And so just our, our way of life and that we never fight uh, says to them, this is a good thing. And uh, I have one granddaughter who's... Um, running the Asian division of Lionsgate. I have another granddaughter, Daisy, who um, is, is already a success. Her, her uh, uh, website or site is called Daisy World because she wants to be known all over the world. She's the greatest singer. She started singing as a little, little girl and she just sings great and writes her own songs and has her own band and tours. But she also sells merchandise that she hand paints. So. Uh, and then I have a third granddaughter who's a designer and a grandson who just makes money. He uh, speaks six languages and he just, he knows how to turn that into making money. So they're all, they all look at the lifestyle we've lived and want it and know that we came from nothing, both of us, and here we are today. That's the great thing about America and capitalism. It doesn't matter where, where you come from. Uh, who your family was, if you've got a good idea and you work real hard and you have a little luck, you can uh, live the American dream. And I have lived the American dream. And I'm so grateful. And hopefully we're going to be seeing this reality show you think might be announced soon. 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 Well, Denise at uh, my office will let you know when it's announced. You'll have to come back. I mean, I assume if it's announced and it's you, this goes forward when it's announced, like you're going to have to call your BFF, Chris Jenner. I mean, who better to get advice from, right? <laughs> You bet. You bet. I want to know everything she knows. Although I'll tell you, Alan Hamill, Alan Hamill is a visionary. He always sees down the road long before I do. I remember one night I walked off the Vegas stage. At that time, I had uh, eight or 12 dancers. I can't quite remember. And I had 12, maybe 20 piece band, big band and costume changes and all this. And it was such a success because it was a huge, big uh, uh, production show like no one's doing anymore. And I walked off stage feeling so triumphant. Alan was in the wings and he says, I see a day when you'll be out there all by yourself. And I went, what? I just finished this big show. Well, you know, now the, the recent, most recent um, uh, residency I had in Vegas at the Westgate Hotel, which was the Hilton it was just me and my band, no dancers, no singers. And I got the greatest reviews of my entire career. And the headlines of every review was Vegas is back. And it was this, I'm able to talk to the audience and um, bring people out of the audience and sing to them and sit on someone's lap and sing to them. And uh, 
I don't need 12 dancers and 12 costume changes. I do change five times, but I never leave the stage. And your next residency will probably be along the same lines, right? Just you. And- For sure. I love doing that one woman show uh, more than anything. I did a one woman show on Broadway, which was my life story. And uh, Broadway wasn't ready for me. I was ready for Broadway. But um, the people who came were outside the stage door. I'm not exaggerating. At least 10 deep every night. A lot of them crying. You told my story. You told my story. But um, the reviews were just terrible. I did pre-shows for a month. And those are the ones that were so successful. Interesting. You get a bad review on Broadway the next night. Hardly anyone was in the audience. Wow. I know it was great. Wow. And final two questions before we wrap up. I mean, speaking of your reality show, not to harp on that, but like, I think, do you think like there is a void? Like you say, Alan Hamill, like has a vision and like looking ahead, like, look, I think Andy Cohn did for women in their late forties and fifties and often sixties, like that was not a represented on TV and it's great. We see nobody in their seventies or eighties on reality TV. Like I think that vision, like from you and Alan, it could be a new thing right? Like this could be a new trend in reality TV, I I feel. I do too. And what I like about, I sell my age. Um, I'm chronologically old, but I'm not old. And same thing with Alan. He's chronologically old, but he's got youthful energy. Um, And we'll be dancing and we'll be living not a a fake life on the reality show, our real life, but our real life seems to be interesting to people. It certainly is. And finally, before we go, speaking of your age, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you turned 75 last October. You said for 75, maybe you'd like to, you know, appear in Playboy. I know Dolly Parton has said the same thing. Well, now you're, you're here, here we are. You've got your 75th birthday is going away in October. So we have a few yeah. months left. Anything to have, have you heard from Playboy? Would Alan like to reach out to them and set this up? I mean, you did kind of crash the internet if though when you took that, you know, topless picture, I think I... <laughs> And you posted on your Instagram. So any any updates on this Playboy? Um, No, no updates. I haven't pursued it, but um, it's uh, on the bucket list. How interesting that would be. I look good without my clothes on. That picture you posted, I mean, people were like, okay, let's get this. Listen, when you're done sending the bot master to Kim K, you could just put on like maybe contact Playboy and, you know, there you go. Okay, and I'm going to have Denise get your address so I can send you a Buttmaster. I would love a Buttmaster, please. All right. I really appreciate this. I appreciate Alan making this happen. I said it, you are an icon. You are a legend. You're a trailblazer, an entrepreneur, and I really appreciate your time, Suzanne. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. I look forward to the next time. Come back anytime. Let's sell a lot of gut renew. Okay, thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. 
We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.